Welcome to Way Too Seriously, the podcast where we watch kids' movies and then take them way too seriously. This is take four on this introduction. I'm Paul Moffat. I'm Jan Moffat. And this week we watched and we'll be talking about Muppets in Space. Muppets Um, from Space. Muppets from Space. Muppets from Space. So, I'll give a synopsis and then you tell us a little bit of the background details. Muppets from Space is a 1999? Did you look it up? Nope. Nice. It feels very 1999. Muppets from Space is a 1999 movie uh, featuring and focused on Gonzo of the Muppets. Gonzo is at odds and feels like he does not have a place in this world. And it turns out that is because he is an alien. He is hunted by a government agency that wants to capture him for being an alien. They do capture him, he escapes, the aliens come, and it ends happily ever after. That is the plot of Muppets from Space. Yes, it sure is. Do you want to tell us a little bit about who made this movie, Jan? This movie was uh, produced by Brian Henson, of course, uh, Jim Henson's son, and written by Jerry Jewell and Joey Mazzarino and Ken Kaufman. It stars Muppet performers Dave Galt, Steve Whitmore, Bill Beretta, Frank Oz, and human performers Jeffrey Tambor, David Arquette, Josh Charles. It has uh, cameos by Ray Liotta, Andy McDowell, Hulk Hogan, among others. Muppet movies are pretty famous for their cameos. Now, Paul. Now, Jan. Who's your favorite Muppet? My favorite Muppet is Animal. Who's your favorite Muppet? I like Beaker. You like Beaker. And I really like Pepe because of this movie. I think this movie, we uh, we are Muppet fans. We enjoy the Muppets. Yep. We had a friend in Winnipeg who was like not just a Muppet appreciator, but a Muppet fan. He And he, uh, his enthusiasm for the Muppets was really catching. Mm-hmm. And I had before that been like, the Muppets are fine. But he loved them so much and made a case for why they were great. And he would, you know, talk about the Muppets and talk about the artistry of it and the humor of it and the all kinds of things that yeah. made me see it from a really positive perspective. But uh, so we like the Muppets. Mm-hmm. Dad, cards on the table. We're Muppet fans. This movie I don't think of as like one of my go-to Muppet movies, but when I watch it again, there are so many little moments and lines from this movie that I quote, and there's so many, I know you also... I quote it all the time. I have so many things that I quote from this. And you always say Beaker and Pepe, and I think both of them in this movie, the things you say from Beaker, the things that you quote from (laughs) Beaker is... However, the effect is sadly temporary. Sadly temporary. Ha ha ha, the old rubber ducky. Sadly temporary. Just from this movie. And uh, I'm not a shrimp, I am a king prawn, okay? Yep. I am not a shrimp, I am a king prawn! Let's go, let's go, come on! Is also from this movie. Yep. Um, Animal was always my favorite. I had a... Uh, t-shirt with animal on it when i was like six or something you had a t-shirt with animal on it when you were like 20 i had another t-shirt okay. with, had a, with animal on it i think i got that not i think i got that one out of nostalgia for my childhood t-shirt go. with animal on it yep it was pretty worn out by the time i knew you when you were 20 i think it <laughs> kind of bit the dust pretty soon after we met <laughs> i think it did so how good a movie is this it's a fun movie it's um 
it's the last Muppet movie for a while, and I think there's a reason for that. It's it's good, but it's not great. Yeah. In terms of Muppet movies, it's not super memorable. The plot is just be really straightforward, and like, Gonzo is an alien, he meets his alien family. Basically, that's all that really happens. Yeah, the plot summary I gave was short because there really is no deviation. Yeah. But it's got a lot of humor and a lot of good lines and it introduces a couple of new kind of Muppet characters. This came out around the same time as Muppets Tonight was on, which was a very short-lived attempt at reviving the Muppets. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, basically it's a, it's a mediocre Muppet movie. There are lots of better Muppet movies than it, but in terms of a kid's movie, it's pretty good. It's okay. quite, yes, what? Best Muppet movie? It's a tie between Muppet Christmas Carol and the new The Muppets movie with Jason Segal. Agreed. Agreed? Wow, no no debate. No debate. I would put the, um, the Muppet movie, the very first one, in a such a close second to mm-hmm. those two. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt what you were saying. Yeah. Totally. But, yeah, so Muppets from Space, I don't think, you know... I think there is a enormous distance between Muppets from Space and the Muppet movie, or yeah, let alone the yeah. Muppets or Muppet Christmas Carol. Yeah. But it's better than, you know, the great Muppet caper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> we like Muppet movies. Yeah. All right. So left to talk about just the Muppets in general, this movie has... Uh, a bit of an uneven plot. It has a lot of like individual scenes and it is very of its time. There are very, a, I hadn't, like, it came out in 99 and that's, you know, I was 18 in 99. And it was, so it's very familiar time frame to me. And it references a lot of movies like Independence Day, mm-hmm. the Shawshank Redemption, mm-hmm. the, it has Dawson's Creek. It has Pacey and, and, Joey from Dawson's Creek, like having a conversation, literally being those characters. Yeah. Which is really weird. And like talking about, why isn't Dawson here? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And yeah, I mean, in the fact that when we started this podcast a couple of minutes ago, I hadn't looked up what year it was, but I correctly guessed it was 1999. Like you watch this movie, if you know 1999, you place it immediately. Yeah, exactly. So let's start taking this movie a little bit too seriously. Yes. More than a little bit. Let's start taking this movie way too seriously. Absolutely. I think there's a few uh, places to start talking about that. And where I want to start first, if it's all right with you, Mm -hmm. is with Clifford. He's barely in this movie, but you can start with him. He is barely in this movie. Clifford was a new character created for Muppets Tonight, which, though I am a Muppet uh, appreciator... I've never really seen Muppets Tonight. I think I watched the episode where Prince was a was the guest. Um, but Clifford was a new character introduced for that. He is terrible mm-hmm. as a character design. Mm-hmm. Um, for a lot of reasons, not the least of which is... What is Clifford? In a movie... I mean, there's lots of things to say about that. I'm going to just interrupt my own question to say... Since the point of this movie is Gonzo doesn't know what he is, it stands out the other Muppets who it is not clear what they are. And that's Animal, and that's Clifford. 
He's a catfish. Is he a catfish? I don't know. Why does he have arms and legs? I don't know. Why do any of them have arms and legs? They're Muppets. This is what, like, when my, when my, we asked my daughter, what, our daughter, what, uh, what is Gonzo? She goes, he's a Muppet. They're all Muppets. <laughs> but like, Ker- Kermit the Frog has arms and legs because frogs don't have arms and legs. There's plenty of human Muppets. There are plenty of human Muppets. So is Clifford human? I think he is. I okay. think that he is meant to be... Can we just give briefly for our audience who may not know exactly who Clifford is? That right. Look, Clifford to a lot of people is the big red dog. So Clifford so no. in Muppets is a purple, I think, catfish-looking character because he's got these kind of catfish uh, whiskers. But he's got big dr- multicolored dreads and big lips. He's got big multicolored dreads. He's got a Fu Manchu is what he has. Oh, yeah. That's that makes true. That's it, they're catfish whiskers, but... I mean, catfish, Fu Manchu is a yeah. mustache that wears, looks like catfish He wears whiskers. sunglasses and he talks like a stereotypical black man. Yeah. And like, you know, there are a few different stereotypical black men, but he talks like the jive talking kind of, yeah. you know, um, he, he, I think without looking up the background of his creation as a character, he's dark purple with dreads, enormous lips. He looks like a racist stereotype. Yeah. A lot. His performer is Kevin Clash, who is best known for voicing Elmo and is himself African-American and has said in interviews that he uh, incorporates, that he deliberately tries to put aspects of his race into the Muppet characters that he voices. Um, But the fact that he's his performer is African-American to, and doesn't, it mitigates it somewhat, but his character design just looks like an incredibly uh, tone-deaf stereotype of, you know, a black jazz musician or black, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think that he's always super problematic. Yeah. And even though he's a minor character in this movie, his presence in the movie is super problematic for a number of reasons, not partly because he's a, he's really uh, stereotypically created, and also partly because the fact that he's super stereotypically created draws attention to the fact that he's um, that none of the human all the human characters are white mm. in this movie. Yes, that is very true. And when you the the catch twenty two of tokenism is that it draws attention to your token to the to the lack of diversity aside from the token yes so if he's your token african-american character then it draw it by distinction suddenly makes all the other characters white instead of uh frog Mm -hmm. you know yep it sullies the good name of muppet (laughs) it does (laughs) which is all about diversity and especially the Muppets on Sesame Street, for example, are really about diversity. And it's deliberately, like Jim Henson has said in interviews, it is explicitly and deliberately the reason that they are mu- that they are blue and green and yellow on Sesame Street is Jim Henson says, you won't, uh, the, uh, I forget his exact, the exact quote, but it's like when mm. you're a kid watching it, uh, only 
purple and green kids will be able to identify with a character more because of their skin color. Yep. That's... I mean, really, here's the thing. Jim Henson was a genius. He was. He was amazing. May he rest in peace because he died way too young. (laughs) Paul just crossed himself. (laughs) But, and it's sad that there have been really good Muppet things since his death. Quite a few really good ones. In fact, our two favorite movies that we named came out since he died. But there have been some missteps. And I think Clifford is one of them. I also wonder about Pepe. Pepe is an accented character. Uh, It's a very Spanish accent. It's, I looked it up and I was like, is it Spanish? Is it Mexican? It's more Spanish than Mexican, but. Is it? Yeah. But, but he also is portraying, he's, there's no negativity about that accent. And so I think people have that accent. He has that. He's not. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, maybe this is unfair, but I uh, view Pepe a lot more positively than I view Clifford, Clifford because I don't think that there's anything about a prawn and Spanishness that necessarily go together. Mm-hmm. And the way, the things that he's interested in and the, his, his personality is not defined by that. Whereas yes, Clifford, absolutely. you see him, you know what he's going to talk like, what he's go- the things he's going to say, and yeah. you're right. Yeah, that's so right. True. In this movie... He, everything he says is like, yeah, yeah, man. And that's what he, and I mean, oh, I'm right. picking on a lot you are for a very a minor character. Yeah, it's a very minor character. I know that you kind of had this rant and wanted to just say it. So <laughs> you've said it. <laughs> There's the rant on Clifford. All right. Let's move on to Miss Piggy. Let's move on to Miss Piggy. So Miss Piggy is almost always got the Smurfette principle going on. She's almost always the sole female Muppet in the Muppets cast and mm-hmm. is voiced by a man. Yeah. The, pretty much all the Muppet performers are men. Actually, in this movie, all the Muppet performers are men. Hmm. Um, Frank Oz, if you didn't know, is the voice of Miss Piggy. And like, I am not trying to uh, be an apologist for all male performers. No one else could do Pretty Piggy like Frank Oz. <laughs> Frank Oz, yeah. his performance as Miss Piggy is, throughout his career, amazing. Yes. So good. Absolutely. The solution is not to have a woman voice Miss Piggy, it's to have 10 more female Muppets yes. that are women. Absolutely, absolutely. And so, this movie does manage to pass the Bechdel test uh, fairly well. It's... Um, well, sort of. It has uh, Andy McDowell is a news reporter competing with Miss Piggy. Well, competing with Miss Piggy in Miss Piggy's mind. And they have a whole discussion about competing for being uh, reporters and have a big fight. And that's all. None of that is about a man. That's all just about themselves. Unless so, it's about the uh, reporting on Gonzo. I suppose that could be true. And it's also very... Cat fight, women fight over their careers, over there's only so much thing to go around. So Miss Piggy's always a little bit problematic mm-hmm. in that in that Smurfette principle and in her, I mean, she's good and she's bad because mm-hmm. she's a, she's a certain kind of a woman of, well, she's a pig, but <laughs> where she's very glamorous and she's very into the way she looks and she's very vain, but 
She's also extremely confident, extremely kick-ass. Mm-hmm. She'll do every anything for her friends and for, for Kermit. She is has all of her own agency when it comes to pursuing Kermit mm-hmm. and uh, and pursuing it whatever she wants. She she faces disappointment and triumphs over it. I mean, In most ways, Miss Piggy is a pretty kick-ass woman slash pig, but there are, you know, those problematic elements still exist. I mean, in general, the joke of Miss Piggy uh, is that she is vain yet ugly, right? Yes, That's the initial, like, what if we had a fat, ugly pig who behaves like she's a beautiful, glamorous woman and everyone even treats her like one? That's, I mean, not to spell out the obvious, but that's mm-hmm. the joke that is at the core of Miss Piggy, and it's kind of a misogynist joke. Yes, absolutely. Kind not of. Not kind of, it not is. Not kind of. Um, but, as you say, Miss Piggy transcends that joke a lot, and her absolutely. whole, one of her other major character traits is her, like, hi and she's the yep. toughest person, and, and that's not, I mean, that's, in some ways playing the same joke, but that it's, she is uh, feminine and vain and yet tough is kind of the same joke that they're two mm-hmm. character traits that seemingly are contradictory. And yet those are both positive traits. And yeah. so it's not a misogynist joke anymore when like, even though she seems, even though she's feminine and vain and uh, I mean, and I'm, I'm please see massive quotation marks around feminine because I'm, even though she's stereotypically uh, weak feminine, the kind of stereotypically feminine you would expect to be weak. She's not at all weak. Uh, It's a lot less of a misogynist joke because it's kind of busting that uh, assumption that Mm -hmm. because someone likes hair and dresses that she can't be tough. Yeah. Um, Whereas the underlying joke that she's, vain even though she's ugly and ugly but you know like yeah she's a pig she's a pig yeah um that is a misogynist joke at the heart of miss piggy and no matter how great she is that core is always there it's always there and in this movie particularly i felt like an aspect of miss piggy's pigness that doesn't come up very often came up at least twice and i think maybe three times in this movie is she's eats a lot Mm, she's yeah. like when they're all invisible what miss piggy is doing is eating what she's like mm. no one's around she's nom, 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 nom. Yeah. like she's a, gl- she's, she's a glutton she's glutton but uh you know that's a stereotype of pigness mm-hmm. but it's also it's super problematic to have a depiction of a woman, a pig, a female character for who is binging yeah right exactly. like that's she has an eating disorder she does because she's eating and ashamed of it and eating when no one can see her. Yeah. And it's, yeah, a little too real for a lot of women yeah. who do that, who, like, not just, I mean, not necessarily eating disorders, but who are ashamed of eating in public at all yeah. because of how they're viewed. And that's makes me sad. Yeah. When we take this so seriously. <laughs> we do. Um, Staying on uh, depictions of gender... I said earlier that Animal is my favorite Muppet. Uh, I don't, I generally love Animal, but there's an aspect of Animal that comes up in this movie and not only in this movie Mm, is the things that Animal is like, drums, love drums. 
uh, and one of the things that he shouts is, woman! Yeah, and he attacks. And he does it in uh, yeah. this movie. And there's Kathy Griffin played by a, a security guard, played by Kathy Griffin, whom Animal just, like, goes off and attacks and, like, sexually assaults, basically, but then she falls for it and is in love with him. It's a little bit... It's another misogynist joke. Yeah. It's another joke that is intended to be reversing your expectations is the joke, but the expectations that they're reversing are sexist expectations. Yes, And they exactly. reverse them in also a sexist way. So you yep. have animal chasing after her because he's an animal and heteronormativity says that he yeah. is, you know... He's, uh, that men are animals and they can't control their lust. And so if he's an animal, he also can't control his lust because you're playing off of heteronormative toxic masculinity. Um, and then the joke is that she is, instead of being appalled by him, is a clingy woman who he just wants to like, get away from me. I've had what I want from you and now I don't want you around anymore. And Mm -hmm. she's like, but animal, I love you so much. You can't leave me. Right. And it's coming and going. It's hitting these uh, sexist tropes. Yeah. Speaking of heteronormativity, we have Pepe, who, when they're all turned invisible, this piggy's eating Pepe, dons a tutu and does a little ballet dance. And the joke is partly that he, you know, is doing a ballet dance. But in the movie, they barely react. Like the audience, like we laugh at it, but it's uh, but it's uh, pretty much accepted that like, that's just what Pepe is like. And I kind of liked that, that there wasn't a lot of comment within the movie of like, you shouldn't do that. Or like, you're hilarious for doing that. It was very like... That's just what Pepe does. The three things that characters do when they're invisible and that it is funny when they're suddenly revealed is Fozzie Bear is picking his nose, Miss Piggy is eating, and Pepe is dancing around in a tutu. Yeah. And of the three, Pepe is the one who gets the least shame thrown at him. Yeah, exactly. He says, oh, I guess I better change. Yeah. But that's no, it. There's, yeah, there's no, like... Absolutely no shame thrown at him and none. I feel like um, I could... I don't quite think it is this innocent, but I could give them the benefit of that out and say that was a random funny costume. The mm-hmm. joke would have been the same and played the same if he was in a clown costume, if he was in a, you know... Yeah, anything. Any any silly costume would have the same effect and would be uh, the characters on screen would have reacted to it the same way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that was cool. It wasn't that he was dressed in like a girl. It was that he was dressed like a dancer. Yes, right. absolutely. Um, I have one more thing that I want to talk about if we want to move on from gender. Yeah. Um, is the portrayal of mental illness in this movie. Okay, go. So... Um, it's questionable. It's not as bad as it could be. Gonzo is seen as crazy for believing in aliens, for thinking that anyone's contacting him via his breakfast cereal, and they all kind of laugh at him and don't give him any help. They let him continue in this kind of... They think he has problems, but they don't do anything to help him. Yeah. Which is problematic. Although he doesn't. Aliens are actually talking to him. And it's one of the things, I mean, we could dive into the Muppets in more depth in that uh, 
from that perspective, I think, and I'm not sure what to make of it, because it's one of the hallmarks of the Muppets that they don't try to fix each other. Mm, They're all, to use the kind of language that we would in the Muppets, they're all weird. Yeah. Right? And whether that's mental illness or idiosyncrasies, they're all weirdos. Yeah. And in the Muppet movie, like the first Muppet movie from the 70s, uh, the text of that movie is, it's about a bunch of weirdos who find each other and Mm. are... accepting of each other so they don't try to help gonzo but they also don't try to fix him uh except they kind of do they kind of do there's also jeffrey tambor's character specifically says he's got that he's got these tendencies and people make fun of him and he is fairly unhinged do you have any idea what it's like to be (laughs) to be laughed at yeah, sure I do. To, to be called names like Wacko. Uh-huh. And Freak Boy. Oh, yeah. Uh, and Paranoid Delusional Psychopath. That got me there. To feel... And he's also not getting well. And he's told to, you know, you're fired, get help. When you say terminated... You need help, singer! Find some! because you believe in these things, and he doesn't. Instead, at the end of the movie, he goes off with the aliens, and maybe that's the help he needs. But there's mm-hmm. also his portrayal of mental mental illness as well. Yeah. Yeah, I can see it. So. There's an aspect of this movie I wanted to go into a little more seriously that is not uh, problematic necessarily. It's just what the main theme of the movie is and what we want to kind of make of it. Um I'm interested in your perspective. In a lot of ways, this is metaphorically a movie about uh, adoption. Mm, Yep. So Gonzo's family left him for, or he was lost to them, or he couldn't be with them. And the movie is, I think, deliberately vague about exactly what happened. But he's Mm -hmm. separate from his family. He's raised among people who aren't like him. And even though they're kind and they accept him, he doesn't feel like he's a part of them. And then he, his family seeks him out and finds him. And once he has that story of his, of his connection and his family, it helps him to understand himself. Mm -hmm. And then he's happy to stay with his new family. Mm. He's happy to stay with his friends. He's happy to stay with the Muppets because he understands his story. He understands where he comes from. He understands his context. Yeah. That's what he needed. He didn't need those people to be, he didn't need the Muppets from space to be a support network for him. He needed them to be a story for him to understand his identity. Mm -hmm. So that's, I think, so this movie is saying something about adoption. I think it's saying Things I like. Yeah, positive things. I think it's saying that your family is who provides you with that love and that support and where you find your home. And I think it would have been a very bad move for Gonzo to go off with his new space family. That would have been a big mistake. Agreed. That he needed to stay with the people who had had brought him through. But I think it avoids the two... The two pitfalls are either to say, well, your past isn't important, your identity is who you are now, and you don't have to find out anything about your past, 
Uh, and this is, I think, particularly when we apply it to real-world adoption, it's particularly um, obvious with uh, interracial adoption. Mm. But not only, right? But they kind of, you know, it doesn't matter. You're whatever. You're... Uh, ancestral history, well, those aren't your people. Your people are us because you're raised by us uh, is a mistake, I think, mm -hmm. that your this movie avoids. Your yeah. past is important and it's important for helping Gonzo understand who he is. But it also avoids the opposite error, which is go off and be with this new family because they are your real family because biology is all that matters and mm -hmm. the people that have cared for you in your whole life aren't real they don't really matter to you and they aren't important to your identity. Yeah. I think this movie nicely, I mean, it doesn't do any of it in much depth. It's pretty light touch, but yeah. I think it nicely hits what I take to be uh, the best road in between those, that your past is important, it matters, it creates you even if you're not aware of it. Absolutely. And becoming aware of it is a good thing but that doesn't mean you have to go off with these people who are strangers. Yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree that that's an important metaphor and it hits it. It lands it precisely. And maybe someone who has more, more uh, experience with adoption or interracial adoption could tell us differently and feel free to. Yeah, neither, of, I, us are, mm -hmm. neither of us are adopted and, neither, and we haven't adopted anyone. Mm -hmm. So if you either, if you're listening to this and you either have adopted a child and want to share your perspective or were adopted yourself and want to share your perspective, we'd love to hear it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We're just flying by the seat of our pants here. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we do here on Way Too Seriously. So is that it, pretty much it for the Muppets from Space? I think that wraps up our conversation about the Muppets from Space. Right. It wraps up what I wanted especially to say. Mm -hmm. So... Where could someone find us and talk to us if they wanted to, Jan? All right. Well, we are on Twitter lots at, WT, uh, at WTSCast. And we'll answer your questions. We'd love to have a conversation on there. We're, we like Twitter. We are also, <laughs> if you want to send us a longer than 140, character, 140 characters, email. Uh, way too seriously cast at gmail.com. It's a very short and easily and remembered email address you know there's a really fancy thing called show notes and all of our links will be in the show notes so you can get them all there so you don't have to memorize the things we say but we have to say them anyway because that's what you do on a podcast there's a reddit page that we don't usually check but honestly that's because people don't post there yep, so if you post it there we'd check it more yep. um so if reddit's what you want to do there will be a link there and if people were commenting there we would comment too mm -hmm, absolutely so, and uh, if you want to support us, how do you do that, Paul? You can support us emotionally <laughs> by uh, liking, by uh, rating and reviewing this podcast. And I say emotionally, but that really does make a difference. You know, reviews equal love, uh, especially five-star ratings and reviews that tell us why we're so great. But in general, you know... Reviews help other people find the show. Ratings help other people find the show. Uh, you can do that, and we would be very grateful if you did. If you want to support us more directly, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash clockworkscast. 
There you can find out about uh, donating a dollar a month, three dollars a month, five dollars a month, twenty dollars a month, a hundred dollars a month, two thousand dollars a month, <laughs> oh, yes, whatever please. you really want to. Um, and there on that Patreon page, you'll find lots about what you get as a Patreon supporter. There are weekly extras, uh, even for the one dollar a month level. So uh, we try to make it worth it. We're, we try our best to make it worth your while. All right, thanks for listening. I've been Paul Moffat. I've been Jan Moffat. And if you're from space and Muppets, what's the sign out of this show? I don't think we have one. Okay. I am King Prawn. <laughs> <laughs>